0: Welcome to the Humanized IT podcast, and today we're going to talk about uh, a very relevant topic with Skip in fourth quarter madness. What does fourth quarter mean to computer guys? And we really don't think of computer guys in fourth quarter. We think of accounting. We think in closing out uh, projects for the year, but usually
1: what yeah, happens? We and think I- we think Thanksgiving. We think Christmas, right? Oh
0: man, I was a manager for too long. Maybe my maybe my world's been broken. But, uh, you know, we get to that fourth quarter, we're looking at our at our projects for the year and going, oh, crap, I got to wrap up these things. And so you're trying to get all the stuff done before Thanksgiving and before Christmas because, you know, the dream is that you'll have that Christmas break. But in IT, we really don't get a Christmas break. No. That's our opportunity while the rest of y'all are gone to get stuff done.
1: Like, yes. I've got yes.
0: a change window right after Christmas.
1: Yep. Yep. A great one. Yeah. The optimum change window.
0: Yeah, you know, and the other thing that people forget that is that on holidays, uh, computer guys work, IT people work, and so there's always in the larger corporations there's always like, hey, who wants to volunteer to work on Thanksgiving? Now, inevitably, your your consultants always want to because that's double time, man. <laughs> um, but uh, I could I can eat turkey later, <laughs> and uh, the. The young young guys in what girls game is like, they'll come in on that Thanksgiving and they'll work all those extra hours to get that end of year project done because they got to close this project and all the expenses out before the end of the year. And so things get really busy. But um, remember, while you're eating that turkey, there's probably some IT guy working at your company trying to get something done while you're gone.
1: Yep, yep. Taking the opportunity to to, uh, to get work done when the users aren't distracting them.
0: Now I do feel like Christmas Day though is sacred to IT guys and girls. Like it's, I I I remember like it was like the epitome of horribleness. If you are a manager or you are a leader and you ask your IT people to work on Christmas, yeah. Now you somebody has to be on call, and you know what, it happens, and so. Just like any other on-call profession, we all negotiate. You know, it's like a bidding war as <laughs> so who gets to take which holidays. And so, if you take Christmas, you're kind of like that's that's the one that IT guys just try not to get, but you have to pay your dues.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I do think that one. And you know, kind of oddly enough, it's it's not so uh, altruistic. I may be in their motives. It's like. Hey, I've got that video game that I bought and I really want to play it. You know, <laughs> and Christmas and Day I, is it.
0: <laughs> that's not age centric either not because it could be a, uh, say, a 42 year old male who got a new toy for Christmas and he wants to sit down and play with that all Christmas Day. Yep. You know, or you could be a 20 year old guy. Now, there, there is, like, we got to remember us IT people, we love our toys. Absolutely. And so fourth quarter is when all the cool toys come out. Uh-huh. And so we're trying to fight this. I need to be at work and building uh, important things, things for my business. And at the same time, like knowing that the PlayStation 5 is coming out in two weeks. Or, <laughs> you know, the Apple just released a new uh, iPad that I really want to test out and geek out over. Or maybe yeah. I am a, uh, you know, like... And in, in the kicker is, and this is the, the my favorite part about IT, is the fourth quarter gifts. Oh, yes. yeah, Every, yeah. Everybody like Dell and uh, Lenovo, they're all trying to make their end of year uh, sales quotas. Like, hey, if I happen to complete my project or buy from them, they're going to ship me a blah for my department. Uh-huh. And now, depending on the company you're in, there's like ethical quandaries, but they still exist. And... They're kind of fun when you order like a big sand from somebody, and you get this giant like food basket for everybody for the holiday spec.
1: <laughs> well, it's sometimes it's really simple stuff. I mean, I remember uh, we uh, we used to install these upgraded video cards, and I won't I won't even call them high end because they don't compare to anything today. But uh, back in, in the, the day, day, they were high end. It, yeah, I guess so. Uh, you know, we had to actually put the little chips on them for memory. We had to set the, all the little pins. It wasn't prom. No, no, no dim slots. Uh, but anyway, uh, and the box that they came in, this is back, you know, when we still had very, you know, commercialized boxes and, uh, and the, the service guy and I that were working in the back, the other one of the service team, we always got to keep the t-shirts. There were t-shirts that came in the box.
0: You know, and swag. Uh, and,
1: and yeah, and just, uh, it just is the little stuff. But, you know, it was it was pretty nice. Just the T-shirt.
0: Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to let our listeners in on a dirty secret of your IT department. IT department are swag whores. Yes. And it's like if you want anything cool, ask your IT guy and be like, hey, you know, I hear you got the swag. <laughs> you know, I used to have a box of swag that I kept around for like as free giveaways and just kind of like I would toss it to somebody or leave it on their desk just just, just for fun. Or if we had like our fourth quarter review, which I think we're going to talk about next po- podcast, is um, I would be like, okay, well, you get this. And I'd throw them like some magnetic putty. And, you know, the uh, IT vendors are always trying to have some kind of cool gimmick. So if you talk to your IT guys uh, or your managers and ask them, like, do you have do you have swag or anything like mm-hmm. that? They have some of the coolest stuff. If you look yes. on their desk, any IT person's desk, you'll see some cool gizmos and stuff like that that are branded. And you're like, wow, where did you get that? And like, oh, it was some swag I got. And so, if you get really nice with your with your IT people, they might let you in on the uh, black market of uh, IT swag.
1: Yeah. and and to flip that around, uh, unfortunately, we, we we can be motivated a little bit from time to time uh, with you know that uh, that really nice uh, you know golf polo or something like that. It uh, sometimes sometimes we get pretty simple. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah. I've seen some pretty, pretty intense, um, swag gifts, uh, you know, between, uh, just desk ornaments, uh, desk toys. Like I'm a big fan of fidgeting things. So if you like ever watch me like on a live broadcast, you'll see me like hold up some of my things, like my sonic screwdriver. <laughs> I've got a granite orb over here. I play around with, I've got a solid kilogram of copper that I kind of flip around in my hands.
1: Yeah.
0: And, um, I have these things cause I like to fidget, but like, if you are a vendor and you want my attention, give me something to fidget with. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will break myself spending two hundred thousand dollars so I can have that little fidget cube. <laughs> I don't care about the free GoPro. I, can, I, I care yeah. about I care about the cool item for my desk. And so, you know, what does fourth quarter kind of mean for IT? Like, there's it's it's just absolute chaos. You know, and I don't know why in IT we can't get our crap together throughout the year. But in fourth quarter, IT is a machine. And maybe yep. it's the motivation of holidays coming up. Maybe it's the motivation of the swag. Or maybe it's just that our bosses are, are chomping at us to try to get this project done.
1: Well, so here, here's my perspective on it it's a little jaded. Okay. And, and I don't want anybody to get their feelings hurt. But it, it's a little true, Uh you know. We 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 joke about it, and we'd say, you know, technology would work really, really great if it weren't for all the users. And you know that's kind of the joke, but it, it's a it is a little bit true. And during this holiday time, I mean, we know uh, there's a lot more vacation time. People are pulling, you know, they're bailing out of. Uh, work early, you know, they're going Christmas shopping, there's all these different distractions. And so many times the demand on the IT infrastructure or ticketing systems, all this stuff does lighten up. And so we get a little bit of reprieve in some of the normal daily stuff for, for some things. And so that allows us to go back and focus on these things that we've been wanting to do all year long, but we have had trouble getting them done because people keep calling us things keep breaking because they're being used and you know we're having to fix and take care of uh versus build and and create and so this time is just kind of it's, it's a balance between what the work needs from everyone in a day-to-day experience versus what we can put into to proactively help out the environment so uh you know, having that break uh um, where your employees are aren't using the systems so much really does help out your IT guys so they can focus on that more, you know, building aspect of of their environment. So yeah, it's okay. Go home, we'll take care of it. <laughs> yeah, and
0: uh the the end of the year, I don't know. I, I kind of see it as the Eisenhower matrix where, you know, urgent versus important. And how does that affect our desire to work on projects? And know as a, as a purchasing um, influencer, manager, whatever you want to call it, I was in control of my budget and when we purchased things. And I know I tried to hit end of quarters to try to get the best deals out of my vendors. Mm-hmm. And I I timed my projects to coincide with end of quarters on purpose. And so what we have is, is like in Christmas though, like without fail, I saw like, yeah, you're right. The first three quarters are all operational. Everybody's keeping the light bulbs on or break fixing. And all of a sudden fourth quarter is like project time. And I see it also in second quarter, but it's like, I don't know. I You know, I try really hard to evenly distribute projects throughout the year so that first quarter there's uh, an equal equal load that lines up with the business schedule. But no matter where I've worked over the past 20 years, fourth quarter is always a push. It's always busy. It's always just absolutely crazy. And I wish I I could avoid that.
1: Yeah. You know, and I guess it's kind of good because some of that's just motivation. We set out, you know, at the beginning of the year, we said... We were going to get these things done and, you know, uh, we we still feel that they need to be done. So, you know, the year's coming up and it's almost over with and it's time to, to do what we said we were going to do. So it is a good motivation. I think it kind of goes back to what we've been talking about in, in a few other podcasts is that's, you know, doing those year end or those year beginning meetings where we forecast it out. I mean, this is the other side of why it's important. You know, if you set out. Uh, with a you know late December meeting or a January February meeting, where you lay out this this forecast and this plan, and then you begin working on it throughout the year, then you're going to have something to kind of be the mark when it comes to that October November December time frame. People are going to be able to look back and go, "Hey, we were supposed to do this this year. We gotta we gotta get it in gear. We gotta get this done." And if you don't lay out that plan, if you don't have that expectation when it comes around to the october november december time frame you know y- your people can just go well um i, I think i'm going to take off you know and and go do some christmas shopping because there's nothing for me to do uh and you know it- it's it's good to have those expectations
0: yeah and uh the other interesting that happens in um in december is the mad rush for purchases starts to begin. So, in the larger corporate world, there is this uh, use it or lose it mentality. Yep, and uh, especially much. in my last job where I was uh, at a, a state government yep. um, situation where I have to spend this and I had to get it signed off before December 31st. Mm hmm. And so there have been times where I have been emailing and calling uh, December 26th, trying to find out where the purchaser is so they can put approval on this. And the um, the mad rush happens like, and I won't get this object until like mid-January, February because uh-huh. it takes a while for this thing to come in. And so now my first quarter is kind of making up for last quarter's, oh crap, I waited too long on this. <laughs> Now, that's not on purpose all the time. A lot of it's like, you know, you go to buy something and the the upstream personnel say, oh, let's just hold off on that until later. And then by the time you actually get approval from the upstream, you're getting to the end of the year. And it's motivating them to spend because they know their budget is in jeopardy if they don't get this thing ordered. You know, when you're dealing with like a $250,000 purchase before the end of the year, that kind of makes them look like a chump if they forgot to purchase a $250,000 asset. Like, wh- how do you just forget that? Like, well, uh-huh. we, we ran into the bidding process and it took longer and we, okay, now you look unprofessional. So in IT, you know, we're, you know you've know, you got this, you got to empathize with the, with the people there for a minute because you got these engineers who are not trained in finance. They're not trained in project management. They've had to figure this stuff out at the School of Hard Knocks. They didn't go to business school where they learned how to do uh, flow and learned how to do motivational interviewing. And they didn't learn as off. They're just an engineer that learned how to fix things. And they've learned kind of over time, like what works. And it gets weird social norms in place at at departments because my boss did it this way, so I'm gonna do it this way. And IT being so young, we've only had one cycle of that. IT's only been around for 20 years, people. 20 years. And well, what
1: have I been doing for the last 30 years then?
0: You weren't in IT. You were <laughs> like, uh, you know. <laughs> what did they call you in the early 90s? The computer department? No, no, yeah, right. Is no. that what it was? Information technology. It was still IT back then? Yes. Did they have words back then? I thought they still no. spoke German. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, the point is, like, so in, in uh, like, I'll say okay, thirty years. I'll 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 extend it out to early '90s. It's you know your your '80s departments were like computer departments. They were analytics departments. Um, and then it was this leadership that we've been learning from. Let's say thirty years. Well, how long is a career? Yeah, we've had true. basically one cycle. And like, how many computer guys were there in the 1990s? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who could I learn from? show me somebody that I could learn from on how to do project management and how to adequately parse out a computer schedule. And then wait a minute, the technology of the nineties doesn't even closely resemble the technology of today. Yeah. So who did I learn from to do project management? So when I'm doing this mad rush at the end of the year and people say, oh, well, you need better time management skills. Who would this engineer have learned from? They have been learning on their own and been trying their best. So. I think in like 10, 20 years, we're going to start seeing this really good professional layout to the year where the mad rush of the fourth quarter isn't as big of a deal as we start learning things. Which Because this this brings me up into a, the fail of the week in that there is a mentality out there still in IT because of the youth of IT and the rapid change that happened in the 2000s is that... IT budgets are unpredictable, and therefore, that's why we have the fourth quarter crush.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And I am a firm believer, and I'm going to tell every CEO, every business leader out there right now, IT budgets are completely predictable. And you may have heard me say this in the podcast before. Technology has not changed in a decade. Yep. It is the same as it was in 2010. We're just using it a little differently now. Now, 2000 to 2008 or so, that was a freaking wild ride, people. (laughs) That was the dot-com bust and then the second bubble and then there was the uh, cloud infrastructure push. I mean, all, all that happened in like eight years. But since then, hardware slowed down. Um, the releases have kind of looked the same. We still are using iPhones. They generally look the same. Yeah, they got rid of the button. Big deal. (laughs) But you look at UIs, you look at what technology is doing today, and it's pretty much the same as it was 10 years ago. So if you tell me that your if your IT person tells you that technology is unpredictable, it's because no one has taught them. No one has showed them how to run a budget. If your IT person says that, it's time to sit down with them and talk about forecasting. You as a business owner need to sit down and show them how forecasting works because there's no brand new sand that's coming out next year. There's no new shift in networking that's going to happen. So your IT person should be thinking about, okay, what does the three-year roadmap look like for our environment? Okay, let's talk yeah. through how the business is running, and what technologies can I implement that are going to augment the company.
1: Well, I think even that, this. That, oh, go ahead. Yeah, you know, there's a couple of things there is really important. And one is the time frame. You know, if you want to ask, hey, what, what's technology going to look like in five years? I mean, that's I don't know. You know, that there a lot could happen in five years. Three years out, now now we can start getting a little bit more clear picture. We may not be able to pin things down exactly, but we are probably going to be able to get something pretty close. For a year or even 18 months, yes, absolutely. I mean, the, the pace of technology has never really been that you couldn't predict a year out where you would want to be what what things were going to come up. I mean there are very very few companies out there that really are bleeding edge sort of stuff, you know, where where they're adopting stuff at the, you know, at the beta level and it's changing so rapidly and you know, I would argue that's probably not a good idea for most businesses. So- Honestly,
0: the only thing that really annoyed me from a budgeting standpoint was the fact that Microsoft and other platforms kept changing their licensing agreements. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Change. But even then you've got like two years to figure it out. Yes.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, I I learned that as well in, in the corporate world. I was asked to put together a you know, a pretty large budget for a, a, a divisional operation. And I, I, you know, my immediate thought was, I don't know what's going to happen next year. You know, I kind of fell into that young IT professional uh, deal. And I was very, very fortunate. I had a, a little bit more seasoned, uh, you know, IT guy. I've been down that road a few year, more years than me. And he came along and said, "Hey, look, just look at what you did last year. Start with what you did last year, And and you'll get a pretty good idea. And so I started putting that together. And and when I went and I kind of took my methodical engineering sort of process and I took that and I put it into my finances and I went and I went, oh, yeah, that's right. You know, I am in a contract with Okay, I'm really showing my age here. I am in a contract with MCI and And this frame, <laughs> this frame relay contract is not going to change any, you know, for the next year. So I know, you know, this is a good portion of my budget. And I put that aside, you know, and I just methodically worked my way through. And I did come up with, you know, a kind of a, I'm not real sure about this stuff. Uh, and again, I feel very fortunate. I had, uh, you know, uh, some guys who knew just a little bit more than me in that. And I go, okay, well, uh, why don't why don't we just take a guess? and And we'll put a budget number out there on that, and it was a pretty small number in comparison to the bigger much more you know uh verified and vetted sort of of budget uh numbers that we went through and you know we we were able to run with that and and we would come up with a fairly accurate and um an achievable budget for the next year so yes it is it is entirely entirely possible. To predict your IT spend,
0: yes, and this is coming from uh, with Skip here, who has been in IT for supposedly thirty years. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably more like forty or fifty, but yeah. anyways uh, <laughs> the uh, the point is is that you can predict. So yes, you take you take your expenses from the previous year and you export it, you import them into the next year, and it's going to look the same. And you just, then you scatter your projects throughout that those those quarters. But for business owners, I really suggest you reach out to your IT people and don't assume that they have a firm knowledge of budgeting. Teach them. Show them. Yes. Yes. And I think you will find yourself in a place where your budget is going to start stabilizing. Yeah. Because your IT guy is really good at fixing problems. They're really good at learning. They're very intelligent people, but they have their pride. And yeah. they may feel like if they ask, say, hey, I've never done a real good budget before. Um, can you show me how you do it? Or yeah. can you kind of walk alongside me so that I can make sure that this is this is going to reflect uh, what we're doing? And with the IT guys, what you need to be doing is finding somebody who can mentor you through that budget process and learn what the business is. Um, cadence is so that you can schedule your projects to fit into their gaps. Maybe your Christmas, um, routine of doing things over Christmas is not a great idea at this company because it's a school and you really should be doing things over the summer.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, find out what the cadence of the business is so that you can fit in those quiet times. And then maybe you could take off the whole two weeks during Christmas because the company shut down anyways, and you, you run into a maintenance cycle. And now things become more predictable. But if you work together, the IT guy asking questions about the business, which we're going to cover more in the next podcast. And the uh, business owners saying, hey, IT guys, I understand that you're not experts and you're not trained in finance. Let me train you. Let me show you what I would like to see and how to run things more intelligently so you can take what you know. And augment it with a great financial strategy so that you can take your professionals to the next level.
1: Yeah, let me add to this. So I think one of the hallmarks, you know, one of the key, I think, very, very key indicators of a really good IT guy is a desire to learn. Uh, Yes. I mean, maybe we like to think that we're, we're smart guys, but, you know, I don't know that we're actually smarter than anybody else but one of the uh one of the characteristics that do kind of you know um herd us together is our, our this this almost insatiable desire to learn something new it's yes. just it, it's what makes us tick and if you realize that when you're talking through a budget and and you look at your IT guy and you can tell he doesn't have a clue he is about to flip over into some sort of fake it mode. He's going to come up with some sort of emergency so he can jump out the window. You know, you know, take that opportunity to, to realize that if you will take a few minutes to teach him, he will learn. He, he will really want to learn this new process and, and set it up that way. And say, hey, l- let me teach you how I run through a budget process, how, yeah. how we make this work. And I think you will find a very, very receptive audience and when that budget cycle comes around next year he's going to do it again i mean he's his, he's, he's going to Here's have the it fun in.
0: part if you're using a piece of technology to track your budget and this person who has an insatiable desire to learn you may give him like your excel template and you get back something really cool <laughs> yeah <that's laughs> because right. you may not have the time to learn about uh, the full breadth of pivot charts uh, but i guarantee you that IT guy he's going to do it yeah uh-huh. He'll spend, when we talk about this on our podcast, like <laughs> three days trying to make it like, I know I can put this in 3D. Yeah. I know <laughs> I can make this view live. And he's going to sit yeah, down so and he's going to live. just obsess about it at night because it's fun. And you're going to get back like, yep. hey, I took your your uh, your ideas and I took your spreadsheet that you had and I added this to it. What do you think? And you're going to be like, how did you do that? And now you've got a cool <laughs> new tool because your technology yep. guy goes, I can, I can make this easier. Oh, you have to, you have to copy and paste those things every time. Here, I create an export VBS uh, script. All you have to do is click here, and it and it makes your new spreadsheet for the next year. Your IT you person yep. will take that to another level, but you have to communicate back and forth. Business talking to technology, technology talking to business, so that they become one and come up with these amazing solutions with both sets of knowledge. Train your IT people. Because when I walked into my last job and they say, IT pro- it projects our budgets are unpredictable. And then I showed them over the next three years that my budget was 100% predictable and I was cybersecurity people. That's a fast moving field. Yep. And I was able to that create is. a stable budget that was completely predictable year over year. When I showed them how it was done, it changed how they viewed IT that maybe IT is predictable. And it's been working under a poor assumption. But I had been taught by people smarter than me at my previous jobs. And so had I not been mentored, had I not been brought to this point, that I would still have been lost and still been under the same false assumption that in fourth quarter, it's just madness. We're trying our best to get our projects purchased. We're trying to spend the money. We're trying to implement everything. But... Um, learning that it was predictable that you can spread it out over the year that you can make things a little bit more even keel that experience changed the way I saw my business and changed the way I ran my it shop. So business owners talk to your it people about their fourth quarter, reduce that pressure, teach them finance it people ask your businesses how to do things better how to uh, schedule out projects better. You have some amazing people who have essentially PhDs on these topics sitting right across the table from you. There you go. If you just ask. Yep, that's it. And with that, I'm gonna let you go for the week. Uh, and I, I've been told by my marketing department that I need to uh, let everybody know to like and subscribe and review the podcast on Apple. There are quite a few of you now. And so if you can go out to Apple or Spotify or wherever you're listening and leave a review, Uh, words are pretty and nice, say that Skip is cute and adorable, (laughs) I don't care, but it helps our rankings, it helps promote the podcast so we can reach and make a bigger difference in this world. Thank you for coming on Skip and we'll see you all next week for a great conversation on how to speak the language of the business with an IT person. Thanks everyone.